Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Technological Challenge Podcast. It is me, your host, Jordan Jameson G. Strauss, as usual. How the hell are you, Sam? Sam Laboon's the other guy on the podcast. How are you? I'm good. I'm dreading how this is going to sound with this fucking beep method. Why? We're trying to get our audio podcast, our freaking audio lined up perfectly, and our newly hired uh, producer that we don't pay at all uh, wants us to use some sort of beeping method to get them lined up, and we are. I don't even know. We're just not, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing. I think our numbers reflect that. But uh, we're having a good time today, aren't we, Sam? How was your day? Did you make some bread with your father on the weekend, I hear? Uh, yeah, I did make some, some bread with my dad this weekend. Sourdough. Sourdough, that's right. That's all we eat in this household. Sourdough B. That's all we need. It's, it literally is the best bread. Probably terrible for you, though, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's terrible for you, but it takes all day to make it. Like you have to spend the entire day making it, pretty much. Really, every like hour or two hours, you have to like stretch it and feed it and take it for a walk and fucking give it a bop bath. it, bop twist it, it yeah. flick it. <laughs> exactly. Cool, cool, cool. Um. Sorry, I can hear my girlfriend's voice through the vents. We have a, I'm in this office and we're trying to add a new bathroom upstairs. So plumbers came and ripped open like a whole huge strip of drywall out of the wall. And I can just look into the inner workings of my house. And let me tell you, it does not look good. Does not look good. But it'll be worth it. For, to add another shitter, you must... Not be a quitter is what they always say in That's the plumbing the business. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. You want a new shitter? Don't be a quitter. That's what it is. So I'm not going to quit even though I, I mean, I'm not doing the work, but it's unsightly. I'll put it that way. It is unsightly. All the exposed What else? Pipes. I still got your giant jar. Our, our one of our good friends, uh, Zachary, gave us some pretty neat Christmas presents, didn't he, Sam? Why don't you tell the folks about that? Because I still have yours at my place, by the way. Don't forget to bring them with you when you leave, when you, when you skip town. Yeah, don't worry. I'm going to pick it up. Um, yeah, he gave us uh, some beer and some homegrown uh, weed. Yeah, your voice went down a couple octaves there when, uh, <laughs> a couple decibels when you said that. Are you? Uh, I just don't know who's listening into this call. Like, I just don't know. <laughs> you're like Donald Trump. You learned you're taking a book out of. <laughs> Listen. You're learning from Trump, from Trump's mistake. You got to always assume there's people on the line you can't trust. He, exactly. He should have whispered the request. Like, hey, uh, yeah. could you find hey, yeah. 11,000 He should have texted it under the table like anyone else trying to get a message across. <laughs> texted it under the table? What does that mean? Hold your phone you under know, the table? He takes his phone yeah, and text it to the guy. Be like, hey. Just fucking find me 11,000 votes. Oh, rather than Here's saying the thing I don't the get calls, about that whole text him. Yeah. Instead. Yeah, I, I tried listening to that whole th- phone call, but it's just, it's just, po- it's mostly just boring, boring political shit. So, yeah, it's funny that he just, he does sound like he is when he's talking to other politicians. He really does sound like he's so out of his depth <laughs> as far as actually understanding what's happening. <laughs> if that phone call was just a slice of what life was like at the White House during the whole presidency, like everything makes so much sense because 
it just it literally sounded like an, like a senior citizen trying to figure out an iPod to me. It was mm. it was someone that was just so out of their depth. But maybe not. What's your opinion? What's your hot take on that whole phone call thing, Sam? <laughs> um, doesn't look good, but probably absolutely nothing will happen. No consequences. That's my guess. It's not a very hot take, Sam. That's I mean, what everybody's saying. Well, that's because you're what's supposed to happen? throw me something crazy, something wild. Uh, um, he meant he misspoke. He didn't mean to say votes. He meant boats. Boats. Can you find right. me eleven thousand <laughs> boats? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, Sam. A real hot take. He doesn't care about the election. He cares about his fleet because he's going into international waters to start his own country. It's called boat golf. That would be <laughs> boat uh, golf. Honestly, that might be his best move at this point. Get eleven thousand seven hundred eighty <laughs> boats. Boats. Eleven thousand boats. Fucking, and sail up the eleven thousand boats. <laughs> I'm not asking for much. Just eleven thousand boats. We'll make our own Trumptopia. Okay. That's yeah, it's, it's like a it's like a floating hotel, with, and you rent your own boat. Yeah, in the flotilla. Yeah, we'll paint them gold out there. Don't worry about it. Gold floats. Gold floats. Well, <laughs> I was watching some YouTube thing about like what the future holds for society, and they think that floating cities is going to be like another like a huge thing because you can just use the 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 current the big currents in the ocean to generate electricity for the whole island. And like they just have to, they just have floating platoons that can rearrange themselves, and shit. That would be awesome. Would you would you live on that? Would you live on the island, on Trump's island, not Epstein's island, Trump's island, artificial island? Yeah, he puts all of his eleven thousand boats together <laughs> in one giant um, island, and you you just live there. But they're all how, mastercraft uh, wakeboard boats, so it's like you you just you got to sit down for a lot of your life. Oof. So it's like a wakeboard boat, but it just sits in one place and it doesn't go very fast and you can't leave. Yeah. 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 They took the steering wheels right off them. Oh, they oh, okay. That's that's good. That's good. We wouldn't want people like a little extra room. A little extra room for your your the eventual guts that will be residing on the island, because I, I just can't imagine it's easy to get a workout in <laughs> when you have to live on half of a mastercraft wakeboard boat your whole life. You can't just jump in the water and go for a swim. Nah, I didn't even think about that. Mm. I don't know. Can overweight people swim? Or is it like dangerous for them to attempt it? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, when, I'm talking no, obese. Uh, I read a thing that... It's one of the safest things for someone like that to do. It takes weight out of the equation. That's true. Fat does float. Maybe that is the way out. Yeah, you get in the water. Never had it wrong. You don't have any pressure on your yes. joints from walking around, jumping, things like That's that. That's true. Know? I got to do more swimming. Well, I wouldn't say you have to swim. Like it's a pretty, pretty inconvenient way to exercise. Like you have to go to a pool in the morning, very early, to get Tell in the that lane. To Michael fucking Phelps, bud. Man, you think he still swims? That guy probably never stepped in a pool again in his whole no, life. No, dude. <laughs> his true passion always has been smoking the dope. It always has been. Oh, always yeah. been his number one priority. Yeah, you put it above. Remember that whole scandal where he was smoking weed? It's like he put it above his career. Um, no, he didn't, he didn't say like, Hey, look, either I keep my gold medals or, or weed. You have to pick one or the other. I don't think he did that. 
No, 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 no. But he probably was well aware of the risks he was taking by getting freaking faded, brother. <laughs> Did he get drug tested by the Olympics? Is that why? Or no, no. It I was can't just remember. Like they, that's, no, I think it was just like if someone found so out about old. it. No, he mentioned it himself in an interview that he did it. Oh, and he just didn't realize he just didn't realize it was such a square? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's, that's like 80,000 scandals ago, so it's hard to remember what it was all about. Yeah, he wanted 11,000 They say a bonds. scandal... <laughs> A scandal a day keeps the public at bay, I think. As long as you can keep that cycle going, people really can only stay angry for so long. You think it's all just that a distraction? That is grace. It's all just a distraction? Uh, I, think it, I don't even think that it's a planned distraction from anything else. I think that it's anything that they can turn into a click farm, essentially. Anything that will draw a ton of clicks, they will fucking promote the shit out of that story. For as long until the clicks start dipping, then they get the next thing that they know will get, and they don't even really care about fact checking anymore. So it's just a free for all. It's crazy. It is fucking crazy out there. Anyways, did you uh, did you think of something we could uh, perhaps discuss in the philosophical realm this evening, Sam? Or are we just gonna we just gonna chat? No, we have to uh, we have to reply to our question from last week. Well. I thought we did get to most of it, but I'll reread the email. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, reread the email because I—that's we're going in depth. We're going in deep. Okay, okay. Just to catch up, this is very rare, very rare on the podcast. Someone gets their email read twice. For the yeah, simple we don't fact we don't hand out this on. We rarely get. <laughs> we rarely get emails. In fact, it's the only email we've read. So, it's rare in the sense that emails at all are rare for us. So uh, here we go. This is from uh, a mystery man. I can only assume it's a man that goes and is known only and simply as Le Grande. Here we go. Merry Christmas, TPS, from a day one listener. The people have been talking, and the word is that the collective wisdom of TPS is needed to help resolve a global crisis. For the past year, a once-in-a-century plague has ravaged the earth. However, Luckily, a number of vaccines have been developed, but they are in limited supply. This has led to two main issues of equitable distribution, international distribution and national distribution. Okay, that's the two. Two, international and national. First, are rich countries more deserving to receive a larger amount of the limited supply of vaccines? After all, it was their money investing in vaccine research and development that spurred to rapid vaccine development. In a world where it is decided the vaccines would be distributed to each nation based on population, would there be motivation for rich countries to invest their resources in research and development? Second, within each country, who should receive the vaccine first? A 65-year-old teacher who is relatively low risk to die, but whose job requires them to be around children who do not engage in proper mask wearing, social distancing, etc.? Or an 80-year-old man in a long-term care home who is high-risk but can remain relatively isolated? What about a young person with respiratory issues who would be at moderate risk compared to an 85-year-old who is high-risk? These are questions of geopolitics and national health care that nations across the globe are struggling with and arriving at different conclusions. The world needs an answer once and for all. Can the Philosopher's Stone podcast Answer these questions definitively so that all nations may finally get on the same page and coordinate vaccine distribution and administration in a way that is unquestionably the most equitable. 
Also, as a random aside, a couple episodes ago, the podcast was about population control. Signed, Legrand. I think at the end, he wanted us to kind of admit that we should just fucking let this thing ravage the population and uh, pretend that we're trying our best to get those vaccines out to you. What do you think, Sam? You obviously, you had some, you wanted to delve into a certain part of this, didn't you? Yeah, we're going to try and answer that question, um, or at least like to the best we can talk about the question. We might not be able to get like a perfect answer. So which which one are which question exactly are we going to answer? The first one was about which country should get it, and then the second one was about which people within a country. So which one do you want to talk about? Let's do them. Um, we can kind of do them in the order that they were asked, um, but we're going to have to like. I think what we'll do first is um, we'll talk about the way we'll talk about that first thing about whether the wealthy countries are more deserving, and then we'll talk uh-huh. about uh, how. How do uh, countries actually distribute vaccines within their country? Like, how do they choose mm-hmm. who gets it first? And then at the very end, uh, we can. And then we can at the very end, we can talk a bit more about how international distribution is going to work. Well, I did actually read up what Canada's plan was, but uh, so I'm, 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 I'm. This that was the most research I've done for an episode podcast. Actually, episode podcast. Wow, I'm losing it. Podcast <laughs> episode. Uh, but uh, all I did was read it, and I understand their logic for Canada, anyways. So, what do, what do you got for us? What where do you want to start? All right. So, well, the question was: Do um, our wealthy countries more deserving of the vaccine than other countries? Because you know, it's often their money that pays for it. So, yeah, this is like a, a moral question: like, who deserves it based on you know the money that they put in? But it's also, you have to think of another angle to it as well. Um, so, for example, in 2007, there was a bird flu outbreak in Indonesia. In Indonesia, uh-huh. one of the, so they had to do a lot of things. The international community, you know, made them do a lot of things. For example, one thing, they had to com- completely ban all household poetry. P- uh, poultry, not poetry, poultry. And the whole... Uh, upholstery? Not upholstery, not poetry. Not upholstery, nope. not poetry. Poultry. Poultry. Is that a tree that it resembles just a pole? Or where are we going with this? Chickens. Gotcha. Yeah. So, Go ahead. Um, so for many people in Indonesia, that, was, that meant economic ruin because raising and selling backyard chickens a big source of their income. Additionally, the vaccine companies required Indonesia to hand over blood samples from patients. And then they would use the samples to make the vaccines. So Indonesia actually refused to hand over the samples. And their objection was that in addition to all the economic pain that they would have to suffer, now it's going to be unjust and exploitative that these samples that they have to give are going to be used to create vaccines that will be too expensive for them to buy. You know what? I see their point. Mm-hmm. I see their point. 2019, it's like, it's same thing. Like a- uh, there's an Ebola outbreak in West Africa. Same thing, the blood samples from patients found their way to labs in the U.S. and the U.K., and they were used to develop an expensive vaccine. But they gave it to the people in that case, right? Oh, they can't just let a bunch of people die of Ebola. Well, it wasn't for free. How much do you think they charged? Well, what do you think that they were like? What do you think the price point was on that bad boy? Because I think anyone would pay anything to not die from Ebola. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's Everything expensive. they had. It's expensive. Um, 
what happens is that uh, it, rich countries will buy it directly from the pharmaceutical company. So they'll just buy like a yeah. huge batch of doses. Um, for poorer countries, what usually happens is the World Health Organization, it will buy a ton of vaccines, a ton of doses, and then it will distribute those to poorer countries that have requested them. I wonder if anyone was just like, I don't want to pay the bill, so I'm just going to ride this out. I'm just going to ride out Ebola. Has anyone ever ridden out Ebola, or is it like a death sentence? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's pretty survive. much a death sentence. It's like, uh, really? it depends on the strain, but I think the case fatality is anywhere from 60 to 90%, depending on the strain. Damn, what do you think is worse, the Indica Ebola or the Sativa <laughs> e- Ebola? I think the hybrids are probably the most potent, typically. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> OG Kush Ebola. Uh, that, well, yeah, it is a kind of a vampiric situation if they take their blood and use it to develop a vaccine, but then make them pay for yeah. that vaccine and make the price unaffordable. Mm-hmm. That would piss me off, too. I would be like, fuck that. And why are you taking my blood? Yeah. So, and then there's the other aspect. Get your own blood, bitch. Yeah. There's like another aspect of that question, too, which is like, are these countries more deserving of it? Um, but just because they paid. And so I don't think so. And then on the other aspect of it, are they more deserving of it? Well, you know, you could say a life is a life, so not really. Right. But anyway, that's... Do you agree a, with that? A life is a life. A life is a life. <laughs> uh, logically, I think it's pretty unassailable. <laughs> a life eh. is a life. A rock is a rock. A life is a life. <laughs> a life... Let's say... Let's just say some lives are less eventful than other lives, but not valuable. Let's put it that way. Some people live very uneventful lives. Yeah, they're just so bored. Yeah. They're so bored. Yeah. Um. <laughs> a lot of people waste a lot of their lives. Let's put it that way. Uh, me included, if you can't rack up all the freaking hours I've, I've spent on Reddit alone or video games alone like that. If I really channeled all that time into something productive, oh, buddy. Buddy. I feel like uh, I would be making at least five thousand dollars more a year than I am. That's now. that's that's optimistic. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> optimism is what is. It's all I got right now. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, okay. That being said, yeah. you can't you can't just you can't determine what someone in each country is going to do with their life. People all over the world are wasting their lives right now as we speak. Why should someone that's wasting their life, their life in Canada get the vaccine before someone wasting their life in Zimbabwe? Yeah. Um, so we're not going to, I don't think we can, we can say like, like that would be one way to distribute it based on like who deserves it. But at the end of the day, these are private companies that make the vaccine and the way the world works is whoever pays for them gets them. And so the rich countries are going to be able to buy more up front and poor countries are going to have to wait and go through the World Health Organization. I'm so not, it's not exactly ethical, but it no. is how things work. No, yeah. Once it's, again, it's, the it's poor countries get fucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know, like, could you... Oh, I don't man, know I'm glad really I do did. Like a different system. Like, I don't know if a different system would be better or not, but that's just the way it is. This one works pretty well. Like, it works pretty damn well. It just has huge flaws, but like... I don't know if you could make a system that doesn't have huge flaws yeah. in such, such a vast world today. Yeah. So, 
But we can look at, um, in more detail, we can look at how do countries uh, ration or allocate a scarce medical resource because it's pretty interesting, actually, how they go about it. Okay. Hit me. Give me a quick rundown. All right. Well, there's basically two approaches and the whole field is like a, a tension between these two different approaches. So the first way that they do it is with a, they do a cost-benefit analysis type approach. And it's sort of a, it's a utilitarian approach. Basically, the goal is to maximize the benefit for the least amount of cost. The resource is right. scarce, so you have to use the resource to its maximum benefit. So the question is, right. how do you calculate benefit? So they have this, this measuring system called QALY, or I don't know, QALY. And that stands for QALY. <laughs> and that stands for. Isn't there a rapper? Talib QALY. Rapper know. named QALY, isn't it? Yeah, Talib QALY, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we can call it the QALY scale. And uh, that stands for Quality Adjusted Life Year. Okay. Yeah. So that basically what that means is it, is it combines how many years you're going to live with the quality of life in those years. Ooh, ooh, wow. Yeah. Do we all have a number? Uh, everyone, according to this, everyone has a number. Yeah. Uh, zero. Damn. Zero means you're dead. <laughs> and uh, yeah. one means one year of life lived at your full health. So the way they get it is that's it. That's it. So the way they so everything falls on that scale: 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3, up to one. So basically, okay. the way they do it is um, they take your. It's a it's so a you can't go two. It's just it's one. It's zero to one. That's it. That's it. Zero being the lowest. You're dead. Okay. One being maximum. Okay. You could just is anyone even ask? Is it possible to even? They do zero to one. What? One is impossible, essentially. No, no, right? no. No one's at their full full health. Just means like you don't have any do, crippling. You don't have any like problems, diseases. Like, like I would, you'd probably be at full health right now. Like you're not at maximum fitness or whatever, but you're for the purpose uh, of this. Okay. You're at full That's health. what I was trying to think. Yeah, like I could be healthier though. Like I could have a healthier lifestyle, but I have no major health problems. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's sort of. It's also. It's kind of. It's kind of tricky how they come up with the numbers, um, but we'll get to that. That's one of the problems with it. Um, so basically what it is, it's a calculation that you multiply the percent of your life quality at full health times your longevity after you receive the healthcare resource. So basically... Okay, so they got this down to a legit formula. Oh yeah, because it's all math, right? They have to do all this math to like calculate right. how much funding is going to go for this procedure. How many of this? Yeah. How many doctors are going to work on this sort of thing? Blah blah blah. So um, right, right, right. So one way to look at it is right. Suppose there's two patients. We'll call them A and B, and they both require the same procedure. Maybe it's a vaccine, but it's very scarce. So only one of them can get it. So the way this system works is whoever gets the higher quality score will have the priority. So if person A, so here's how they calculate it: whoever gets the most benefit is going to get it. So if person A receives the procedure, they would be restored to full health and they would be expected to live for another 50 years. So their quality, ah, their quality score will be 1 times 50. So it'll be a 50. If person B receives the procedure, they would only be restored to half the functioning they might have at full health 
and they are also expected to live for only 10 years. So 0.5 times 10 I can see is, how this, is 5. Yeah. So if we went by this, wouldn't it, like, say we do say the vaccine. So if this was the way they decided who gets it first, then it would be all the healthiest, youngest people on the planet would get it first, right? Is that, is that how it would work out? Just because they are going to live the longest and they're at their fullest health. So they would be the most getting the most benefit because they would allow them to, I don't know, live their best life the longest, as they say. Yeah, so this is part of the uh, part of the calculation is that it's usually it's going to be biased in favor of people who have more years left to live because they stand to get more benefit from it. Right. So, so right. that sort of makes sense. Like on the one hand, like you have to treat a, a child or like someone very old. Most people, if they're forced to make that choice about who to save, they'll probably save the child. Yeah. 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 You always got to, it's kind of a general rule is if it does come down to one or another, one person or another person, it's going to be the younger person. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I understand that. They've, they, the older person has lived more life and therefore they, it'd be unfair to give them the treatment over someone who hasn't lived as many years. I think that most people, if you're put in a situation to save yourself or someone younger, they're going to go with the person younger. As long as it's not like, I feel like it's got to be like a significant age gap, right? It's not going to be like, oh, you're six months younger than me. You should get it. Because then there's going to be an argument. There's going to be a fist fight over that vaccine. But like, if it was between a 30-year-old and a 5-year-old, a 30-year-old, depending on their character, is most likely going to opt out and give it to the five-year-old, right? You'd like to think so. Um, sure. They don't, people don't necessarily get a choice, but um, yeah. Uh, so before we get into like the, all the problems with it, like there are a couple advantages. One advantage is that it's totally impartial. So if person A is just a bus driver, but person B is like Jeff Bezos, person A would still, yeah. still get the treatment. Obviously, in some systems, it, it doesn't matter. Um, but for example, yeah, it's supposed to be impartial. So that's good. Um, and you can also take into account indirect benefits as well. So if you're considering the choice between vaccinating doctors and the general population, you need doctors to keep working because they provide many benefits to patients. But if the doctors get sick, then they can't work. So on the calculation, right. it makes sense to vaccinate doctors first to maximize. And I think that I, that's part of the thing. <laughs> And that's what they're doing in Canada right now. And that's what I read on Canada's vaccine distribution plan. Get all the healthcare workers and the people that you need to take care of the sick vaccinated first, which makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't quite account for why they're also supposed to vaccinate the elderly and people in care homes first. Because, you know, according to this calculation, although they're vulnerable, the benefit that they get from living is going to be outweighed by. Um, the benefit that other people are going to get because they could potentially live longer. So, and this is a, this this yes. is the first sort of problem with it. Um, we can call it the deprivation problem. So the the quality score emphasizes that the person who will get the higher quality life for longer will receive the most benefit, and they're, therefore they're usually the priority. But this is a problem for. That's people. what I'm saying. Is that is that by that metric then? They would vaccinate all the youngest, healthiest people first, right? Right. So this, this, but that doesn't that doesn't t- take into account survivability, though. 
Uh, what do you mean? For coronavirus specifically, right? Because if it was a 100% mortality rate, then you definitely would want to vaccinate the youngest, healthiest people first, right? Um, yeah, yeah, probably, like, yeah. Yeah, you would. That's the only thing that makes sense. You can't have a bunch of you know people from ages. Like, you can't have a bunch of people underneath under the age of sixty. I don't know, eighty maybe. I have no idea. It's it's a very dark topic. I acknowledge that, but if if the mortality rate of COVID was a hundred percent, they would not be distributing it the way they are planning to. Right? It would be it would be younger people first. Yeah, that's like that's getting a little bit away from the philosophy and more into the medicine. So I don't really know um, how to do that. But yeah, if it was a different virus, it would there would be a different distribution plan for sure. Well, I'm just saying that they have to. They can't use the like if they were just going to use the uh, cost benefit analysis method. Mm-hmm. They are obviously you, you got to take an account. They're taking an account the survivability rate of your age group. Right. That's why the the older people are getting it before the younger people because right. most young people survive it just fine. It's the old people that are at risk. But if it was a hundred percent mortality rate for everybody, they probably wouldn't uh, vaccinate the elderly before the young people. Right. I, I would imagine. Oh so. yeah, no, I would agree. Yeah. Um. But right, so this is a so generally though this is this approach is a problem for people who live in deprived conditions, right? So comparing a wealthy person with a poor person, right? They might receive the same treatment, but because the wealthy person, you know, some people would say that they have a higher quality life than the poor person, they will be getting a better benefit from the treatment. Right? You know okay, what I mean? Yeah. So can, this yeah. so it always ends yeah, up uh, the person who can enjoy the highest quality life gets the most priority under this calculation. So for this reason, um, a lot of organizations, they will use a a slightly different calculation called a DALI with a D. So basically this is how much much additional suffering does the person avoid by receiving the treatment. So is it spelled Dalai Lama or Salvador Dalai? Which which way are we going? uh, D-A-L-Y, Disadvantage Adjusted Life Year. Or disability-adjusted oh, life. Shit, yeah. neither of them. Yeah, neither of those dollies. Okay. Um, and so that avoids the problem that giving the same treatment to the wealthy person would always yield a higher benefit than treating the deprived person. So that's one way. So we can sort of solve that problem by just focusing on avoiding the suffering rather than maximizing the benefit. Um, right. But there's other problems. There's there's another problem. That's similar to the repugnant conclusion that we talked about earlier. It's a similar sort of problem. Ooh, I remember that that stanky conclusion. When I think of repugnant, I think of stanky. Mm -hmm. Yes, very pungent. It's a repugnant odor. Pungent? Repugnant? Pungent. Repugnant. 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 Not a word, but repugnant. Uh, it's like pungent and repulsive combined into repugnant. That's what I think. But I don't even know if that's really how it, I don't know. Obviously. That's just what comes to my mind. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> um, so in Oregon, right? So this is an example from Oregon. They used these procedures to make a priority list of all the medical procedures in the state. And they found that tooth capping at the dentist wound up with a higher priority than an appendectomy. 
even though you I don't know that so is. appendectomy is, is um you can't die from lack of tooth capping, but you can die if you don't get an appendectomy. An appendectomy is when your appendix bursts and you need to get oh, it okay, cleaned yeah. up or you'll get like a massive infection and die. Ah, a friend of ours let his appendix be burst for a week before he got it taken care of. He almost died. He had to get a spinal tap. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he also had, uh, what was it? That terrible, like it kills a lot of people. But it, oh, fuck it. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to even try. Counter-strike counter addiction? It'll come pop. No, no. <laughs> Although he did have that as well. It was... Um, I want to say jaundice just because it's deadly, but no, not mono. Um, Cirrhosis of the liver? No, <laughs> but I think the spinal tap was because he had this. Although he might have had some cirrhosis lupus? of the lupus? liver. It's always lupus, right? Not lupus. I'm just going to do a quick Google because this is going to drive me crazy. Spinal tap. Why? Uh, 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 why? Is that a good Google search? Spinal tap. Why? Meningitis. Oh, okay. It actually Damn. worked. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. So he had meningitis. I think it was caused by his... Caused uh, by the appendix burst. His, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember he... I think it burst when he was on vacation in Mexico. And he's like, fuck that. I'm not stopping partying. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, guess he's a crazy boy. Anyway, Anyways. Um, yeah, so basically... The tooth capping was a higher priority procedure than the appendectomy, even though you can die if you don't get an appendectomy. So basically the reason was that when you do the calculation, a low benefit, low cost, but widely used procedure will score higher than a high benefit, high cost, rarely used procedure. Because so many people oh, get I tooth capping, problem. right? All those little benefits, they add up and they end up adding up higher than... Yeah. The few people that got the appendectomies. Yeah, just because there's just by numbers alone. Yeah. It so it's, it's like it. a problem with the math. Um, or you might say, hey, right. actually, well, you know, just let those appendectomy die and, you know, fix these tooth, fix, fix these teeth, helps more people, more indirect benefits. Uh, no, yeah. yeah, I can see why that is problem problematic, as the kids yeah. are saying. One of my so, least favorite yeah, words these very days. Very problematic. Anyway, yeah, so this, this problem is sort of leads into the other problem, which is they call the democracy problem. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so the, in Oregon, the way they ranked the treatments, right, how do you pick the quality score? How do you pick that number or the quality of your life after you get a tooth capping? Or the quality of your life after you get spinal surgery. Well, basically, they put out a they put uh-huh. out a survey to all the residents, and the residents ranked them of the state of Oregon. And this way, they ensured that the rankings would reflect the community values. Okay. But the problem with that is that when you end up using those rankings, you get these weird sort of artifacts. And also, how do you know that the people who are responding to the survey are truly representative of community values and who, who picks the community value. And who responds to surveys? You got to take exactly. all into account. Like uh, what's the incentive to re- fill out a survey? Most people don't want to because it's a waste of time and they're not exactly too thrilling, busy working. Right? If yeah. you gave like, I bet you if you, but if you gave like a monetary incentive to fill out a survey, then people would probably just do it without 
putting much thought into it just to get the quick buck. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much trust I put in surveys as far as like their accurate, like the accuracy of like kind of showing what a demographics values mm-hmm. are. Yeah. And like, suppose like someone has like a permanent uh, condition and they have to be in a wheelchair. Do we say that they automatically have right. a lower quality of life than someone who can walk around on two legs? Well, it's certainly debatable, but I'm not going to I mean, from their perspective, they might be like, well, no, my life is, I think I just have, my life is just as important and I enjoy living it. That's true. They would say that, but I'm sure a lot of them would say that, but would they say that they would, they would rather not be walking around? You know what I mean? Yeah. The the point is that it's like subjective, like the quality of your life. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's hard to determine like what, what is really the quality of someone's life. It almost seems like a lot of people, and I don't know if this is only because I'm, most of the people that I've seen in wheelchairs are like in some inspirational video on the news or something, because there's just not a whole lot of them around. But the few I've met do, have a, do seem to have a more positive outlook on life than a lot of people I know with two legs. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's because of their, I guess, the, the trials and tribulations they had to get through in order to uh, overcome a physical handicap like that, that like was able to essentially enlighten them up to a next level that people that never really had to go through something like that could like achieve, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. That, that's like, part like of the people that go through some sort of, a lot of people that go through some sort of injury like that and are physically disabled from it end up having some new outlook on life that filters the rest of their life through it. So they do have a better quality of life in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of, that's a problem. Like, how do you, how do you pick these things should, but then again, you know, it's a democracy, right? The taxpayers are the one who end up who are paying for these procedures at the end of the day. So should some elite group be allowed to just disregard the will of the people who are, who are paying for it. So that's like a whole nother can of worms. But it is a problem with the approach. So there's a, so one more, the last problem is like the most important problem. And it's called, and it ties directly into that, the fairness problem. So basically, okay. this is like the problem, right? Um, you could argue younger people will benefit more from the vaccine than elderly people. Um, and then let's look at the numbers, right? So about 17% of Canada's population is 65 or older. About 16%, right. one six, 16% of Canada's population is 0 to 14. Well, okay, no, no percent of the population is 0. Uh-huh. Okay, 1 to 14, we'll say whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. And then 67% of the population is 15 to 64. So if you use the quality formula, you could argue that young people will have a better, better cost-benefit ratio than vaccinating older people because there's just so many more of them. And also... You get a lot of indirect yeah. benefits from vaccinating people 15 to 64 because they go out and spend money and contribute to the economy a lot more than people in care homes and children do. Well, you obviously haven't seen <laughs> the level of infomercial purchases made at a senior's home. It is oh, ridiculous. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I went. Uh, I worked briefly at a uh, care home. They can still buy their uh, infomercial electric, stuff, electrical. whether or not they've been vaccinated. 
This and is that really the part of the economy I'll never that forget. save the infomercial sector? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it is actually the most important part of our economy. People don't get that. The slap chop, it, the slap chop alone diverted a great depression. <laughs> That's what I heard. Most people don't know that, but it was the slap chop the sh- and the sham, also the sham wow. Uh, of course, uh, the sham wow was a huge part, huge part of uh, why we actually um, didn't have to uh, start another legal war overseas. So, <laughs> exactly, sham Indirect wow. Benefits. That's why. Uh, yeah, like I'll never forget this one lady that I was working in her uh, her suite. Uh, and it, her entire, you couldn't even walk through it. It was all stuff she bought from infomercials and like, like, um, antique shows. It was just, it it was nuts. Like she could not fit anymore in there. And she was still, guess what was on TV when I walked in there? Some antique show thing where you call in and you buy a vase. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Brutal. But I get what you're saying. They're not going out and they're not they're not ordering skip the dishes and shit. Like they're 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 not going out and getting a getting an IPA at their local yeah. uh, watering yeah, right. hole, right? Yeah. So if you if you're looking at like just tangible like benefits, indirect benefits, you could. There's definitely an argument that it would that vaccinating younger people would end up scoring higher based on this formula if that's all you're considering. But yeah. that. That's so. Yeah. Some people think like that's that's a problem because obviously what we're doing is every country is pretty much vaccinating their um, people in long term care homes and medical workers. So yeah. So the yeah. reason for that is that they don't. Most people in practice don't just do a cost benefit analysis approach because there's so many problems with it. Like old people get left out so much. So instead they they bring in this other. That's what I'm saying. Called egalitarianism. Well, I. Well, that's what I'm. I was trying to like. I was kind of saying before is that it, 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 because the mortality rate is so high in one demographic compared to another, they have to take that into account, right? Because most of those sixty-seven percent of the population, even more if you count the mm-hmm. kids, are not going to die from COVID. Right. They could be, maybe they're using the, uh, the D-A-L-Y, the Dolly one, where they calculate like how much um, disability are you going to avoid by getting the treatment. So for the elderly people, they avoid a right. lot of it. But the problem is there's still so few of them compared to how many younger people there are. Just like with tooth capping, just like with tooth ah, capping and I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. math won't, uh, won't Right. Work. So that math would still work out in favor of young yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. So, so you have to okay. basically hold that at bay and also consider arguments about egalitarianism. So everyone deserves equal care and respect. That's like the egalitarian idea. So yeah. regardless of how many years you're going to live after you get the treatment, that doesn't affect how much you deserve the treatment. Everyone deserves it just as much as everybody else. Um, yes. So like there's. We'll just cover this one briefly because um, it also isn't a very good way to distribute things. So, <laughs> oh, okay. I yeah. thought we found the. Uh, I thought this basically was what we're the doing one. is we're painting two extremes. I mean, it sounds good. Going to it the sounds good. And yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You get to, everybody deserves it. This, then you, but that doesn't really give you a a plan, right? So right? here's okay. Well, there's a few plans that can come you, from that. So one method 
they have is called luck egalitarianism. So resource, when they're allocating a resource, they should ignore any factor that is a matter of bad luck. So a factor that's outside your control. So that would be like your age, where you were born, your pre-existing conditions, um, things like that. However, they should consider factors that are within your control, right? So consider liver transplants. So generally, people who need a liver transplant because they suffer from alcohol-induced cirrhosis of the liver are very, very low on the priority list. And one reason for that is that they... One reason for that is that if they get a new liver, they're just going to wreck it all over again. But the other reason um, could be that they are responsible for their own liver damage. It wasn't just a matter of bad luck, whereas somebody else might need a new liver from no fault of their own. So the person who... um, they took a right. They took a right hook from <laughs> from, from Mike Tyson. Exactly, yeah. Night. So, um, but they chose to step. That's actually Body a problem. Shot. Yeah. So, like, if you're an athlete and you get an injury, are you high on the priority list or low on the priority list? Because you took the risk on yourself voluntarily by being an athlete. Well, because of being an athlete makes a lot of people money. That probably you're going to be bumped up on the priority. That would be that would be the cost benefit been. approach. Yeah, and that. That's probably what would happen. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. So the and then the other the, uh, the problem is that the really only totally fair way that you could distribute anything would be with a lottery. So everybody counts equally. Oh. So everybody puts their name in for the vaccine, right? And then they draw like <laughs> ah, if you want if you want a serious some serious chaos yeah, exactly. on your seems hands. Seems terrible, right? Like, it, I feel like seems terrible. Are they yeah, yeah. the McMillions <laughs> thing with a lottery like the people are just cheating it and like, Yeah. What's a Wasn't it that thing with like McDonald's uh McDonald's workers at like the sticker factory for the Monopoly game were like cheating or something? Yeah, really? people cheat at lotteries all the time. So it's just a terrible uh terrible yeah. approach. Yeah. So basically what they end up doing is like a mixed approach where they mix the cost-benefit analysis with egalitarian considerations. So that's, that's why there's, yeah. like, there's strong cost-benefit reasons to prioritize medical workers and there's strong egalitarian yes. reasons to prioritize the elderly. Yeah. And, but like I said, if this was a virus at 100% mortality rate, then that would change. I I think. Yeah, I think then maybe like then you definitely still vaccinate your medical professionals. They would be the most important still. Yeah. No matter what the scenario, there's no scenario that I can think of where they wouldn't be the number yeah. one priority. So they would still probably be the number one priority and then after them it's you're looking at like essential the essential worker sort of calculation like vaccinating who provides the most benefit yeah. to other people and things like that. Yeah, police, well, I think next they would go whoever, whatever you need, like what whatever workers essentially keep the infrastructure rolling. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, like uh, keep the power on, the, the water flowing, all the all that shit. I think would be yeah. next, and then comedians. Uh, then you and that would probably be, third comedians <laughs> would never get vaccinated. They would they would literally just take the opportunity <laughs> to let God. comedy die, <laughs> kill this art form. <laughs> Fuck this art form. We've been trying to kill it for years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, eventually, maybe like well, a lottery. It's for kind of funny else, because, like, with a hundred percent mortality, like maybe you're looking at yeah. a lottery for 
for everybody. Holy shit, that'd be terrifying. Oh, man, that that would be fucked. It, I, I'm, I, they would probably say after that, they would start yeah. going by whoever can afford it or pay the most for it. Like an uh, like an auction, like you have to auction off fucking. Vaccines. I'll give. I'll chop that off my nice. right hand and give it to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's like. Yeah, that would be not a good scenario. In a way, that's like how it's done, though. Like basically, I don't know, like what what's going on, but there's all these pictures all over the place of people lining up to get shots, and the lines are huge, and so you're literally looking at a first come first serve, which is. Kind of like a lottery in that you just sort of have to show up and hope you're not too far back in line. Yeah, that's true. I mean, man, uh, things get a lot more hairy when you start talking 100% mortality oh, yeah, rate. Because I'm sure there'd be a portion of the population that just goes full-blown, does not leave their house, and is like uh, just completely sanitizing everything that comes through the door. You know, like, go hyper, hyper, hyper lockdown in their own house and wait yeah. until, you know, the dangers oh, of man. having to go to the, like, the first come, first serve. Yeah, because that would be like an extinction event. Like, if you didn't go into like a full lockdown yeah. until it was literally eradicated, like, you'd go extinct 100%. Yeah, like bubonic plague levels of death. Yeah. And uh, because, that, like, I think that the smart move would actually be to, to, to like, completely lock down your own bubble, like, your own bubble, like, you and one other person for, like, a year, right? Or maybe just yourself. If you want to survive, like, <laughs> now we're talking straight-up survival. Yeah, this is, like, post-apocalyptic right? type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know that at the beginning, it's going to be a huge slog of people that want to get this thing, and that's going to be when all the chaos erupts, right? There's going to be violence. There's going to be lineups. There's going to be auctions. There's going to be people dying everywhere, but they're not going to stop producing the vaccine if they vaccinate the people that make the vaccine, <laughs> of course. So if you can just wait it out, eventually they'll just deliver one to your door, but it could be years of intense isolation. Yeah. But that might be the safest way to go if it's 100%. Now it would be interesting to see like how, how because like it would be interesting to see like at what intervals of mortality rate do major changes happen in like society as far as like how people behave? Because I feel like because of COVID being such a low mortality rate, it that's why you have so many people that are anti-mask and and, and conspiracy theory and yeah. they don't believe it. It's a hoax. But if you bump that right now, what is it like a two percent mortality rate or something overall? Yeah, well, it's never been even. about the mortality rate. It's about the fact that if you just let, if you don't like take measures, basically the disease gets out of control and hospitals get overcrowded and then doctors can't do anything except treat yeah. COVID patients. So everything else has to Yeah, stop. but you, but people are so selfish they don't care as long as they're yeah. not in the hospital, <laughs> right? That's why you're getting so many anti-maskers and shit. Like obviously it's a much smaller portion of the population than the people that aren't anti-mask, but I wonder at what percent mortality rate would those people completely disappear? Would it be 10%? Would it be 20? Or would you still have like a big chunk of people at 50% mortality rate saying it's not real? I, I honestly don't know. I, will be, I would believe anything. I will never <laughs> underestimate how stupid people can be. <laughs> <laughs> That's, if 2020 has taught me anything, there's no limit to how dumb people can be. 
Yeah. <laughs> Even with all of the knowledge in the world and the history at their fingertips. I need you to find me 11,000 boats. <laughs> 11,000 boats. <laughs> Did I say boats? I meant boats. <laughs> I meant boats. If he, that would be the funniest thing ever if that was what he came out and was like, I don't know why everybody's so mad. I want all these aquatic the, machines. The Trump International <laughs> Yacht Race from uh, Mar-a-Lago to, uh, to uh, <laughs> some, I don't know, New York. I don't know. <laughs> And we can't, we can't, we can't do it unless we have at least 12,000 Yeah, we have one boat. We just need 11,000 more. We'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm willing to provide five of my own boats for this, but that's it. We need to find the rest somewhere else. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so we pretty much covered how they do it. They do this... Uh, this balancing act between those two considerations, cost-benefit analysis and egalitarianism. Yeah. But then, um, then there's the, the sort of international distribution question, which is sort of the last aspect of it. Like, how does, how does the vaccine get distributed internationally? And so, like we talked about this already a little bit, but basically, they're wealthy countries. They purchase it straight from the supplier and they purchase huge quantities of it. And then, um, yeah. And then to help the poorer countries, organizations like the world health organization, they buy vaccines from the producers and they distribute it to countries based on requests. And so they also use a formula for that. So basically what they're doing is they do it in two, two rounds of distribution. So the the first one, they, so say your country requested 100 million doses or something. So they're going to, in the first round, their goal is to give you 20% of the vaccines that you requested. So, every, so everyone right. gets, the goal is to get everybody up to 20% first before moving on to the next stage. Yeah. So based on your, uh, so the variable is the rate at which countries receive the vaccines they've requested. So. They, they, they give it to you right. at a higher rate, the more ready you are to distribute it. So if you're not ready to distribute it, they don't uh, well, give it to you very quickly. But if you're ready to go, then they're going to give it to you more quickly because you can use the supply faster. That makes sense to me a little bit too. Because yeah. uh, I read Israel has like 17% of their population Jesus. or something vaccinated already. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is Jesus watching. literally <laughs> came down it. i think it's just well this is what i was reading the speculative comments i read were about how it's just such a like a highly organized uh country Mm -hmm. just because they have to be based on their location Mm -hmm. oh yeah (laughs) so they can mobilize they can mobilize a lot of people really fast and that's true i mean fast and quickly you you know those are two different (laughs) things fast and quickly Fast and loud, uh, but slow and yeah. quiet. But they they know they know how to fucking mobilize and get everybody on board immediately, yeah. right? No, they're doing well. Um, I wonder how North Korea is doing through all this. They, did they do better than most people because they're such a shut down yeah, country really already. Knows, but they did just request vaccines. They, up until now, they've denied okay. having any cases. But <laughs> <laughs> they just want vaccines just to yeah, play with. Seldom, <laughs> just for funsies. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea, even if they did have zero cases, to to get everybody vaccinated. But for some reason, I feel like they probably ordered like twenty. <laughs> Just enough for <laughs> Kim Jong Un and his his friends. <laughs> yeah, Kim Jong Un, his five dogs, <laughs> his pugs or something. Oh god, none of his none of his family members get <laughs> yeah. <yeah>, one. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> There's anything that guy hates more than anything. It's the, it's his oh family. Yeah. That's what I've. That's what you I've know how gotten. this he assassinated one of his like his like brothers or something. The uh, it was he fed his brother to a dog or some shit like a pack of dogs. Uh, that would made him. This one was this was at like an airport in I think it was like Singapore or something or Malaysia. I can't remember. But he the like the yeah. North Korean spies they tricked these two women. They pretended that they were like getting these women to appear on a Japanese game show. And like the idea was you walk uh, up to a stranger with an umbrella or like, or like a, a perfume bottle and you like puff the perfume in their face and it's like a prank show. And yeah. they told them to go, go do it to that yeah. guy. And they gave him the bottle and it was just like straight up poison. And they just went <laughs> killed the guy. <laughs> what did they know what they no, were they doing? Thought they were on a they game probably show. had they, no idea. They thought like, Oh, these, this is a game show. Oh my God. Unwitting yeah. assassins. That's that's yeah, brilliant. <laughs> also, what a fucking dumb game. Yeah, show. it's just like a prank. Usually, yeah. they're way better than that over there. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, it's not funny. It is kind of funny, <laughs> but it's more. Yeah. Okay, so um, last step is step two, and so there's yeah, two steps. Step one, step two. Uh, so after everyone gets twenty percent, then they move on to the who gets the rest of it. So, and coincidentally, twenty percent is what most countries are 20% of the population for most countries is their population of the elderly plus their medical workers. Yeah. Right. So basically once all those people get it, then they do, um, they prioritize the countries that have the highest risk factor. So this is, uh, this is like how much risk or how much disaster are they going to avoid by getting the vaccine? So it's like a cost benefit analysis again. So, Okay, after the 20% right. has been met, then they go cost-benefit right. route. So basically, it's an average of the threat and the vulnerability. So on a scale of one to four, one being low, four being high, how vulnerable is the healthcare system? What is the status of the hospitals? Are they overwhelmed? Like, how are they doing? Then the, the, right. uh, the threat is the, basically, it's the current reproductive rate of the virus. So how severe is the epidemic in that country at the moment? They add those together, divide them by two to get the average, and the higher the risk, the higher the rate the vaccines will be distributed. That's how they do it. That doesn't sound like too bad of a like. That actually sounds kind of as fair as you can get in this situation. Yeah. If you combine step one and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty fair. In it's this pretty situation. fair. Yeah. Um, and they also base it on your population. So you, if you have a higher population, you get more vaccines. But it's proportional, yeah. so yeah. So it's like they're they're trying to be pretty fair. Um, yeah, and there's more and more uh, vaccines being developed by different companies, yeah. right? So the more that, like, it's right now. I'm assuming a lot of big companies that develop vaccines are wanting a piece of this pie because mm-hmm. it's going. Everybody's having a piece, right? Everybody needs to take a mm-hmm. bite. Oh yeah, I mean, those drugs so are making the, so much. The money. motivation to have 
the motivation to put out a vaccine is so high for these companies. Yeah. like uh, you know, which is great as long as they're not cutting corners. And next <laughs> thing we know, twenty twenty three is the year where everybody gets antlers <laughs> growing out of their fucking heads. Oh, uh, that'd be fucking hilarious. Everybody <laughs> grows some weird new appendage. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, oh, geez, man. As long as they're like well-formed <laughs> antlers, I feel like I could fucking, I could manage, you know? Like at least they're, if they're symmetrical. Yeah, if everybody grew antlers, but, do you think like it would change dating? Like we would have to have like antler battles like deer do and stuff? Like, I think it would be more appealing to, to, for people to have smaller antlers, really? like it would be the opposite. Whereas in like the wild, the big antlers are the are like the features. But you can wear want. like more I hats think, on like, your antlers. Like you can put more chains on them. Like if they're bigger, you can bling them, <laughs> bling them out. Like get those things blinged out. <laughs> Look at Jerry, man. He can only wear seven fucking hats. What a loser. loser! I'm a I'm a twelve pointer. I got twelve <laughs> hats. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I would want more of like a ram horn deal. Oh, like <laughs> you know, nice and compact. Satanic. I can't imagine. No, no. I'm thinking more of like a, you know those ones that like a like a mountain yeah, like goat, ram like a goat. that curls down. It's nice and yeah, yeah it's, it's nice and sleek, cl- close to your head. When I think satanic, I think of like a like spirally horns that go straight up in the air, mm. like. Uh, Oh, like whatever a that satyr that statue was, like an ibex oh. or some shit. Okay, yeah, maybe, yeah. But maybe that's what we need to talk about next episode: is how would society change if everybody started growing antlers out of their head mm. because of the vaccine? Which is a very real possibility, I would say. I would think. I would imagine uh, they would have to consider that. You'd have to make doorways much wider so people could fit through. Yeah. My profession would be an absolute nightmare, so I'd have to get completely yeah. out of it. There's no way I'm going into an attic with a full rack of, of antlers. I'm sorry, but there's not enough money on the planet to make my day <laughs> a living hell every day of trying to get in a crawl space or in an attic to look for some wire when I got 12 points yeah. on my head. I mean, it would be a good way to like force people to like social distance on planes because you wouldn't really be able to sit next to anybody. That's true. People, you know what else? People would buy, people would be buying face shields despite any pandemic because how many times are you going to get a fucking antler in your eye before you start wearing face shields? Yeah, you're going to need safety goggles. Man, I think I would rather just get COVID than take my chance with an antler vaccine. Yeah, <laughs> it's something to think about. Anyways, I think that's good enough for this episode. Uh, uh, we did not get any emails. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if we're getting any sort of, uh, do we have any growth this week? Anyone listening? Did anyone listen last uh, week? Let me check the analytics here. Check the analytics. Anyways, uh, we, we, we can, uh, discuss that. Off yeah, we did. We did mic. well. We did uh, well. All, uh, where, yeah. Did we? So, what, tell me the numbers. We are at, uh, well, people are listening to two podcasts. We had. Uh, two people listened to episode 16 and six people listened to episode 17 within the last seven days. That's wow. Seven Eight. people. The whole podcast? Well, there might have been repeat listeners between them. Yeah, though, that's like the whole podcast. 13 people started. Eight streams, six listeners. I don't that's, know what that means. 13 starts, eight streams, six listeners. What does that mean? 
I don't know. But we should try and get it out on more. Uh, anyways, we we'll talk about this after. Anyways, you guys all have a uh, good, uh, good, good evening. We'll see you next week. Hail uh, Satan. <laughs>